Hello, everybody. What's happening? We're back. Uh, bing, uh, what, sing, but what? Josh Wolf from Casa del Lobo. Another solo cast on uh, Fairly Normal. I've been doing more of these um, since I decided to change the name and add a co-host. I know you guys are like, I know you've been talking about that for about three weeks, motherfucker. When's that happening? Well, I think we're going to do it at the beginning of the year. We might do a couple uh, soft episodes before then, but I think we're really going to launch beginning of the year. Until then, I am selfishly having so much fun doing solo casts. Sing it one time, Shaka. Let me hear you say it, baby. What is up, my friends? Oh, so good to be home. Had a great, uh, had a great weekend in Syracuse, New York. Um, learned a lot on stage, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. and um, I think have really figured out the uh, what I want the special to be. That's right. I'm doing a want to do special, and you know, people have asked me why I haven't done any before. It's a great question, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Can I be completely honest with you? Um, I'm a terrible businessman. Terrible. I'm a terrible businessman. I'm a terrible self-promoter. I'm a terrible marketer. I just like what I do. I do. I just like what I do. And I um, and so I think part of my job, just the entertaining part of my job, um, I do pretty well. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. But I know that there are people out there who I would consider are not, as far as the entertaining part of it, um, quite as good as I am. But as on the business side, they're like a fucking million times better. Between merch and constantly posting online and and uh, and hiring a publicist. And, and, and I don't say this like, like, you know, and doing specials. Like, here's the thing. I just, even when I go on, out on stage, I just turn material over. I just turn it over. Like sometimes I'll do a joke for six months and I'll like it and then it just eventually leaves my set. I bet you that I, and this is not a joke because I never write things down. I just do my set and kind of go up until like <laughs> four months ago. I bet you I've turned over, God, fuck, at least three three and a half hours of material, and I would say at least 30 or 40 minutes of that of material, I don't remember, at least, because I've just, I did it for a little while, I liked it, and I just never did it again, but I just never wrote it down, so I don't remember what it is, and um, and so I, I, I'm a bit business-wise, you know, now, looking back, I should have heeded people's uh, cautionary tales, but I, like, I, um, I've missed a bunch of opportunities, and one of them is specials. I've been offered to do special before, and you know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that because, you know, the way I do my stand-up is I kind of read crowds, and sometimes I'll jump into a joke that I did five years ago, 
And I was like, well, if I do special, I'll, I'll be burning this material. And who cares if I do special or not? Um, it was never like for me a vanity thing. I just liked getting on stage and doing whatever material came to my brain. Well, it turns out I could also do whatever material I want. I wanted to. Hi, buddy. Rocky wants to. Hi, buddy. I know. Um, but he's just sitting outside my little office, just staring at me. Um, yeah. So I've been offered to do him, and uh, I just never did. And it was stupid. Now that I look back at it, and content 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 is really what matters right now like there's so many fucking options you just have a have to have constant content turning over that's i'm not good look i'm not good at constantly posting on snapchat or instagram or even twitter just because sometimes my instinct is never to take a picture my instinct is never to do a video my instinct is just to live whatever life is in front of me and um that is good on one hand it for just for me and my brain and my fucking soul but on the other hand as a business person it's fucking terrible <laughs> terrible terrible and the fact that i've never had any merch i did merch for like six months and just from the this podcast but I, you know i've never done any merch from any of my jokes or you know who's the king who you know five years ago and I wish I had listened to him five years ago. He was like, man, what are you, Joe Coy? He was like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? He was like, you could be making a fucking killing out there. And I just never did it. You know, a lot of times when I get on stage, I don't I don't bring um, merch. And even when I had merch, if I had it, and it was a not a packed crowd, instead of bringing the merch out, I would just ask the uh, audience to tip the weight wait staff instead if they were going to spend any extra money because I waited so many tables and anybody who's ever been to my shows knows that I say this I waited so many fucking tables I felt bad that they were going to come out and spend more money on me and maybe not tip their wait staff so but I gotta I gotta figure it out like I'm not a young man anymore I can't just be sitting here all willy-nilly so um it's going back and, and definitely gonna be doing well I do anyways two podcasts a week and and um I'm gonna uh this is what I'm going to do for merch, everybody. You tell me what you think. You know those tiny little concert posters that they used to do in the 70s, those tiny thin ones? I am going to try to make them individually for every, so whatever city I go to, whatever club, right? It'll be the same basic thing, right? I don't want to have to, you know, design new posters for every city because I don't, I'm not doing like a 10,000 10, tickets every week, so that would be expensive for me. But I'll make it a little bit different for sure. And um, sell those little concert posters after the show and sign them so everybody has, like, that you know that you could only get that poster from that show. What do you think about that idea? Where are you at with that? Um, all right, enough with my shit. I'm going to be in Erie, Pennsylvania this weekend, and, and November is pretty light for me. I'm going to be doing some colleges. I'm going to be in town. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I got, I'm doing some writing and, and stuff in town here, so... I got a lot of exciting shit that I'm trying to get going. It's really interesting that Beth and I have really switched roles here recently. Um, I'm making dinner every night and cleaning the kitchen, and she's become, as she likes to say, the boss. I am. I'm looking at the boss right now through my little glass door. She's typing up some notes on her phenomenal movie that she's getting ready. 
uh, to do. And we're turning this little back office into a tiny little studio on the cheap. So I'm going to do my podcast from here with my new co-host. And I'm also going to do a talk show once a week from the house. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I think anything that you would, yeah, anything that you might see on ESPN, uh, TMZ, uh, Maxim, um, Weird Stories, Pet Peeves. I don't know what this talk show is going to be yet. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the first, it's like the guy, who, I, I took a writing class, the guy who taught me how to write scripts. He told me, he said, look, man, your first 10 scripts are going to suck, so you better start writing. And I'm assuming that's the way it's going to be with the talk show too. But we'll see. Uh, and I will. We're going to Facebook Live all that stuff so I can get you guys immediate feedback. And you know, when someone tells me, you know, go eat a dick, I can read that live because eat a dick always been one of my favorite sayings. Eat a dick makes me giggle. Um, uh, today's uh, pet peeve brought to you by me um, because I don't have any sponsors. And. Um, Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. I have to go wake up Jacob. Come with me. Babe, come on, I'm going to wake up Jacob. Is he barking the whole time? Yeah. I already let him out. Hold on. Come here, Rock. We're, we're doing podcasts. Say hi. Oh, hi. Hi, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Don't worry, they can't see us. <laughs> they can't see us. I told everybody that you're the boss now. I'm the boss. I am. I've been waiting for this day for a very, very long time. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring him into Jacob. But do you know what I want you to say right now? I want you to say, "I'm the captain now." No. Why not? Just say, "I'm the captain now." That's not me. I'm the boss. That's what I got. All right, Rocky, come here. Let's wake up, Jakey. Okay, so before I get, let's. Sorry, everybody, you had to hear this. Hold on, I'm in Jacob's room right now. They can't see you either. This is just audio. Yeah, I'm on my podcast, and we're waking you up because you're going to do what? Walk the dog. <laughs> How happy are you that I'm in here right now? I'm going to smack you. How happy are you that you have to walk the dog right now? That, um, I don't care. It's, I'm going to smack you with that microphone. I mean, do you hear that, guys? I get abused here at the house. You get rock? Look at him, buddy. Okay. I'm going to shut the door so he stops going crazy. Don't, don't you dare. There we go. See? So much love here at the house. Jacob wants to kill me. Beth. Thanks, babe. Thanks. All right. I want you to know this entire... I really missed your booty this weekend in Syracuse. You what? I missed your booty. I thought you said you were Mr. Booty. Yeah, I was, I was Mr. Booty in Syracuse. I was Mr. Booty. I thought you missed my booty. Yeah. Is there a place called Jabooty? I think there is like a like a country called Djibouti. City? Djibouti? Maybe a Star Trek character? Djibouti? Okay. Gotta go. Yeah. How many shots of espresso do I have this morning? Eight. That's true. I had eight shots of espresso. I will tell you though, Mr. Booty, and that'd be funny if I was Mr. Booty in Syracuse. I actually, do you know what my one of my biggest fears is, everybody? I think I've told you guys this. Old man ass. Oh, boy. Old man ass is like one of my biggest fears. When you, <clears throat> like, you know, when you see an older guy reach for his wallet, which they keep in their back pocket, which I never understood anyways. Oh, the back pocket wallet and the handkerchief have got to be the two things about my dad that I understand the least. The handkerchief is the greatest generation my asshole 
look, I know they consider them, you know, gentlemen, and we we know how to. You guys used to f- you uh, you blow your nose in a little, and first of all, it's not like a towel; it's a thin little rag. So you blow your nose hard enough; it's on both sides. So and then you crumple it up and you put it back in your fucking pocket. What? It is the single grossest thing. Oh my god. It's so gross. And then sometimes, you know when you see like uh, my grandfather used to blow his nose and he'd put it back in his pocket, right? He'd just kind of shake it out once, which I don't never understood. And then when he took it out of his pocket, he would like, is that for me? Did I get a box? What is it? Guys, I got a box. I don't know if we should open it up or not. So my grandfather, though, he used to just, like, reuse that handkerchief. And then one time, he used the handkerchief, and then he fucking uh, handed it, like, to me. Like, I was going to use it. Chelsea Market. Oh, this must be for my birthday. Don't you think? I'm not telling anybody on here when my birthday is, but this must be, this must, somebody sent me a gift for my birthday, everybody. I'm not telling you whether it's on time or whatever. No. I'm taking it in there, babe. Don't worry. I'm going in. I don't know who it's from. I don't know who that is from. Who's Star, Star Power? When is that? Care of Natalie. That's all right. All right, everybody. Well, got a custom gift basket for no apparent reason. Um. Anyways, so yeah, the handkerchief makes. I'm sorry, you guys who listen to me, you know that my tangents are like. I've I've never been diagnosed with any kind of A D D D D D D D D D D D D D, but it's possible. Anything's possible. I also think clearing your throat on the microphone is pretty gross, so I apologize. But the old man asks, what? Handkerchief. There you go. Oh, maybe had too many shots of espresso this morning. <laughs> Woo! Wired the fuck up. Um, yeah, the handkerchief is gross. Well, I remember when my grandfather handed me that handkerchief, and I was young enough to know, like, that's gross. You blew your nose in that. And then one time, you know... Try to wipe your face with it. Like, oh, you got something on the side of your cheek. Don't you touch my face with your snot rag. That's not going to happen. An old, old man ass going for the wallet and having to reach down behind the back of your knee. That's my biggest fear. Like, I might be the first 70-year-old dude. It'll happen before 70. 60-year-old dude. Does that when it starts to happen? To get old, to get to like get butt implants, and not like big Kardashian implants. I mean, like you know, just just enough to hold up the pant implant. That's what they'll call it. Hold up the plant, not plant. Hold up the pant implant. Hold up the pant Robert Plant implant. No, it's two plants. All right, um, I'm done trying to think of a nickname. Just a butt implant that hold up the pant. That's all I want. I don't I don't need to be just bang, bang, just enough where it doesn't look sad. 
And while we're at it, I think when I'm 60, I'm going to have them reel in my nuts a little bit. Reel them up. You know how women get, you know, you don't get uh, uh, breast implants. Uh, they just kind of bring them up a little bit. You know what I mean? They lift them. They don't change them. They're still real. They just lift them. So I think I'm going to do a nut lift as well. A nut, what if I just did it with one of them? And then one I let, let hang low and then one I brought up. That would be weird. It would be like, <laughs> it would almost look like my nuts had a monocle. We're, was wearing a, we're wearing a monocle. Monocle nuts. Monocle nuts. Um, guys, I know it sounds like I'm on drugs. I'm not. I'm so happy to be home, even though it's only for two and a half days. And I've had some coffee, and I'm just pumped. You know, I'm pumped on Tuesdays because I get to do one of these... And then I go and I do straight talk with Ross Matthews, which is always fun. And then I go do Good Call with Adam Ray. And if you guys aren't listening to Good Call with me and Adam Ray, you're missing out. It's 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 a little sports, but it's no analysis. It's all opinion. Even if you don't, people who don't, look, my wife doesn't like sports, but she likes that podcast. Because we're talking about it in a, an opinion-based social uh, forum, you know? Um, anyways, old man ass, I'm going to, uh, have to beat that. What I, what was I talking about? Pet peeve of the day. And obviously it didn't happen quite yet because it's nine in the morning. It happened yesterday. I hate the slow stroll. <sighs> you know, when you're trying to take a right hand turn and uh, look, pedestrians have the right of the way, they have the right of way. But as a pedestrian, like if I know if my crossing the street if I can wait 10 seconds and I can let a car go uh, so it'll just like help with traffic and the dude's been sitting there for fucking three minutes and, you know, he finally has an opening. But me crossing the street is going to take away the opening and then he's going to have to wait another three minutes for cars to go by. I'm going to let him go by. That's just me. OK, even if they don't do that. But if your slow stroll in front of my car stops me from taking my turn. And you know it too. You keep that fucking slow stroll. Oh, even if like I'm in a parking lot and I'm just trying to get out of my spot and you slow stroll in front of my car, motherfucker. What? Oh, the slow stroll is such a douchey power move because clearly we're not allowed to run over people. Not until Trump is elected. When Trump is elected, by the way, I think like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Death Race 2000. But that's kind of how I envision America. Like, it's going to be a no-hole... It's going to be like one giant Stallone movie. It's just going to be no-holds-barred, just whatever fucking happens, happens. You know, I bet you he implements a little... Well, I wouldn't mind that. If he implemented a law where once a year you were allowed to bump another car with your car. Like, not, not on the freeway, but just like on the street. You know what I mean? If they were like doing something douchey, I bet you you get one bump a year. I also think you probably he'll probably let you do that with people also. But you know one of the best things to do, and I don't do it anymore because it scares the shit out of people. You guys who know me know that I love scaring people. I love scaring people. One of the best remedies to the slow stroll, and again, I don't do it anymore, but we used to film this. Do you know nothing scares somebody like a car horn? Nothing scares somebody like a car horn. I don't care what you say. 
a car horn for a bunch of reasons. One, if a car horn beeps from two feet away from you, okay, your your brain um, automatically thinks a car is beeping, and if it, especially if you're in your own little world, that you're about to die. That car horn signifies you danger, danger. And if it's from two feet away and you don't even know, it it pierces through the silence of your brain and and gives you and here's the thing about the car horn scare. The car horn scare is a different scare because one of two things happen. Either people jump straight up in the air like a cartoon and their feet run in the air, or the exact opposite. They almost jackhammer themselves with like a three or four short short little bursts into the ground. They don't fall down, but they just kind of uh, shake down in a downward motion. The car horn scare is, and I tried to get them to let me do this on my CMT show, where I wanted to show people the roller coaster of emotion, where you would scare someone with a car horn, and then you would I would get out and I would give them a $50 bill, right? So I was an asshole, and then they'd love me. Um, but they wouldn't let me, uh, for whatever reason, I th- it was an insurance thing, just in case someone had a heart attack or something, um, that they they were not on board for that. But I understood it. But, guys, the car horn scare is a great remedy to the slow stroll. But, hey, you slow strollers out there, what's with the power move? Why the douchey look into the car? Why not let people go? Why not, guys? Why not every day make it your goal to, to to put twice a day? Twice. It's not even that much. Twice. Two times a day. Twice a day. Put somebody else's needs or wants in front of yours. It can be so small as to letting that car take a right hand turn and then you go. It can be so small as when you get to Starbucks and you and person hit the door at the same time, you open the door for them which means you automatically know they're going to get in line in front of you and you have to wait an extra 30 seconds. It can be that small because you know what happens a lot of time when you open that door for somebody at Starbucks? They still let you go in front of them in line. Why? Because you're paying it forward. I've said this a million times on this podcast, but you're fucking paying it forward. Guys, When if you're dick to somebody, you're going to put them in a bad mood, they're going to be dick to somebody else. If you're nice to somebody, they're going to put them in a good mood. They're going to be nice to somebody else. Now, that is not always the case. When you're nice to a dick, well, if you're nice to somebody who's naturally a dick anyways, they're just going to take advantage of it. And sometimes that happens, guys. Sometimes that happens. You can't help that. You can't help those people and you let them live their miserable fucking lives. Um, but you can pay it forward. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can. Um, and right now, man, in this time when we all seem to hate each other more and more. Uh, yeah. This election has been quite, uh, I hope somebody's doing some social studies during it. It's been fascinating to watch. It's also been fascinating to watch. It goes back like to my theory that most people are sheep. Really. Most people are sheep. Because if you are looking at, in this race particularly, your candidate as the clean one or the good one, <clears throat> you've, you're not paying attention. They're both dirty. It just depends on what kind of dirt you want to accept. 
But I go back and I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it again. If you want to hold people accountable to what they've done, it can't come from people who already don't like them. Look, Hillary Clinton is not going to be held accountable by Republicans. Clearly, they've tried to hold they've tried to pin something on her for 30 fucking years. It's got she's got to be held accountable by people in her own camp. Donald Trump is surrounded by yes men. He's surrounded by people that are scared of him. I will tell you what he's a fucking master of, though. Oh, my God. One thing I will tell you that I've... And I think he's in a lot... I think book book smart-wise, and I think straight intelligence, I think he's dumb as a fucking rock. I think he's really dumb. Like, in the traditional sense of intelligence. Here's why I think he's a genius. He is a master manipulator. Rigged elections, media against me, all that shit is just to get more media attention. He is the king of staying on the front page. He has been playing these fucking networks since day one. He doesn't need to have as much money as Hillary Clinton because the networks are playing him for free all day. Not in 30 second clips like he has to pay for on television. In whole segments, entire segments. He's been playing these fucking people. And right now, he's playing them even more. I've said this all along. This dude doesn't want to be president. He's going to start his own television network. He's going to, you know, he's he split Fox News in half. He's going to have his own Breitbart-type network. And, and CNN and MSM and all these other fucking MSNBC and... Fox, they all basically paid for his advertising already. This dude, now, 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 he can just keep saying ridiculous shit like drug test. Drug test? What? Listen, I wish Hillary Clinton would take some drugs. I, I wish. I wish he would too, that fucking orange motherfucker. It might loosen this thing up and make it a little more entertaining. So he's just saying ridiculous shit now. That's the crazy thing. Nothing he has said has changed how much his people like him. He, 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 he's living the, the perfect, like I've, I was told a long time ago, it's better to have a smaller amount of people love you than a lot of people like you. Because a lot of people like you, eh, I like a lot of shit. It doesn't make me reach into my wallet. It doesn't make me turn on the TV for things that I like. But shit that I love. Yeah, I'll reach into my wallet for shit that I love. I'll, I'll turn on the TV for shit that I love. Right? So that's what he's capitalizing on. He's been genius, genius, and we've all been a pawn in his game. This dude is reinventing himself right in front of our faces, and I still can't believe he has sex with that Melania. Good Lord, what, what, what is, what, him naked must be a fucking mess. Oh, my God. Must be every time I hear him call someone fat or a pig, I'm like, dude, do you have funhouse mirrors at your house? Do you do you know? And that hair when it's wet, because that one side is so much longer than the other side. I mean, I would pay a zillion dollars to see that hair wet because the left side of his hair probably goes down over his shoulders and the right side is just like a little i wonder if he ever goes to the far side of the mirror so he just sees the left side of his face and his long flowing hair on his left side 
and just stands there and talks to himself like Conan. Donald. I don't know if that's it, but I hope he does that. I know if I had just hair, long hair on one side of my head, I would go, you know what he should do? He should let that hair down, and then he should turn himself into one of those. You ever seen one of those performers who's half man, half woman, you know, and half the, they're in a suit and half in a dress, and they, and they perform half looking at the audience like a man, and they turn the other way, and they turn. That's what he should do. That's what he should do, everybody. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm describing anything that makes any sense to you, but th- that's what he should do. Just that. Um, okay. So this weekend I'll be in Erie, Pennsylvania. I will be doing my what I want my hour to be. Um, all five shows, I think. Uh, I'm still. <clears throat> I still, like, this week in Syracuse, I only did it three times. I should have done it all five. Um, but I'm still, I still get caught up, like, well, it's not perfect, and these people paid money, and I don't want to cheat them. But at the end of the day, I also have to, I have to do what's, you know, I, I'm not a musician. I can't run my hour in a studio. I have to do it on stage in front of people. So we're going to do it this weekend in Erie. Guys, I don't want to make it sound like it's not worth watching. I'm it's different than anything you've ever seen as far as people doing a special before because I start with one story and I end on the same story. You know, the, the special is basically one giant long story. And, um, uh, it's, I, from what I can think of, it's not something that's been done before and it's very cool. And it, it, for me, it, it hits exactly what I like to do, which is like long form story. And, uh, I'm really fucking excited. Now I just got to find someone to buy it. Um, you know, uh, uh, and for you guys to come out and see it. That's all I need. Um, I had a good high walk last night. I still can't decide if anybody is. I mean, just judging by the amount of interaction I have. For those of you don't know what a high walk is, you know, I walk around my neighborhood with my dog Rocky. Hi. But I seem to be only interacting with the same seven or eight people. I, I don't know if it's something that anybody likes and i don't know if if i'm losing fucking followers every time i do it but again it's just one of those things that i like doing but as a business person i have not been capitalizing no t-shirt no coffee mug nothing like that my song people have asked me a zillion times to put my song list out Uh, it's not that i'm lazy guys i'm not lazy i just my brain does not think as far as my brain doesn't think that way it doesn't think, oh, this is fun to do. I should make some money off of it. It's just, hey, this is fun to do. I'm going to keep doing it, which is really fucking dumb. Um, and explains why. And I'm also not, <laughs> I may be sharing too much. I'm also not great with my money. Um, you know, Beth and I have been known to roll the dice and lose. We've done it a bunch of times. She and I have lost a bunch of money a bunch of times. And not roll the dice as in, we're going to invest in ant farms. But like... We roll the dice as far as business goes. Like, we take risks as far as, you know, she's made a bunch of her own short films. And people will tell you, you're not supposed to put your own money into that. We do. Like, I have always told her, as far as business, and because I, I believe in her wholeheartedly, I'm all in, man. I push the chips in all the time on her. On me, too. But mostly on her. I mean, we push it all in. She's made some beautiful short films. And one of them ended up um, being a catalyst uh, to get her the job for this movie because it was so fantastic. And it also, you know, 
doing shorts, I believe, introduced her to, oh, guys, if you don't know who Caitlin Harris is, this young actress, um, super funny, super talented, and she's been in a bunch of best stuff. And so, yeah, we're going all in. And we went all in, and I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, we're going to go all in with this little tiny studio in my, and when I say office, guys, it's like an add-on little shed. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it the shed. I got to think of the name of the show. But the shed isn't terrible. And at the shed, I think we're going to have, I'm going to have Jacob be my off-screen co-host so he can read Facebook Live. We're going to have some booze and some weed and and that's it. We'll go out and have a, just a, a general good time. I have decided after old Cella that I'm I'm gonna do more mushrooms. I mean, here's my theory on mushrooms and weed, and why I'm really kind of okay with them, especially not at, as a, for kids like, but for me right now, you know, look, booze the next morning, I'm wrecked. You know, when I used to do coke, wrecked, ecstasy, wrecked. My theory is anything that you do and you come up the next day and you're wrecked, that shit isn't good for you. Now, when you wake up after an edible, you may be groggy, but that's because you're still high. But it doesn't wreck you. Mushrooms don't wreck you. Because, my, and here's my theory. I'm no doctor. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm no doctor. However, I'm happy if you want to send me some med- physical problems to give you some advice. Because, you know, uh, that's the kind of guy I am. I'm not saying you should take it. And a lot of times my advice will be shake it off. And sometimes it'll be smoke some weed. Um, but uh, anytime you wake up the next day and you are not, you're not like you're, look, after I do mushrooms, I wake up the next day, I'm not, I feel fine. Why? Because it's natural. And it, your body can process it and it flows through your body. It doesn't stick in there. I would tell you, I would take mushrooms before I drank anything with aspartame in it. Is that crazy? Like I would, I, I would tell you right now, a mushrooms better for you than a diet coke. Is that crazy? So, I think I'm, I think I am going to do more mushrooms. Is what I decided. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, I'm not like I'm gonna do them every night, but I, it was, it was, it freed my mind in a way that it hasn't been freed in a long time. It really did. And I, and I'm not going to trip balls every time I take mushrooms. Um, I actually don't like I don't need that right now, but just that little bit, that little tiny bit of mushrooms, it it, 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 you're the happiest. It's the happiest three hours you're ever going to have. Just enough to enhance the mood, just enough to make you go. Yeah, I always said that, like when I uh, take mushrooms right at the beginning, right when the mushrooms start to hit. I always turn into the fonts because that feeling comes over you and you're like, yay. Uh, by the way, it's amazing to me. You know, when I was growing up, the fonts was such a huge, iconic figure. We just don't have those on television anymore. You know, because there's 7,000 channels. But I, f- the fonts, man. Oh, he was so cool. And now looking back on it, like the Fonz was like this, you know, he was supposed to be this dude who could just beat anybody up and pick up any woman. He was just a little five, six. I think Henry Winkler's got to be Jewish. 
This little five six Jew, you know, couldn't have gone more than 140 pounds. Hey, just killing it, killing it. Made me want to have a leather jacket and a motorcycle. I uh, I had a moped. Um, you know why I don't think I would get a motorcycle? Um, I love them, but you know what? My brother rode one, and Jonathan, and you know he had a accident. I think he had surgery on his thumb. He got pretty lucky. But he told me, and I've had other people tell me, it's not a matter of if you dump your bike. It's just a matter of when. Fuck that. When? Fuck that. Like, so you're telling me if I get on a bike and I ride it enough, I'm going to eventually dump it. And then once you dump it, you never know. I will tell you, when I see people riding on their motorcycles with their shirts off, it's like you're basically saying, I don't need this skin. You know, because even if you drop your bike at three miles an hour, three, how about three? Well, it's just whatever happens. And you fall off a bike, no shirt, onto cement, you you might as well kiss that skin. Bye-bye. It, it fucking, same with, I saw a guy get into an accident and he was wearing shorts and no shirt. He had a helmet on. But his entire upper body was basically one giant open wound. That is like, what the, f- just put it, hey brother, I know you might sweat a little bit, but uh, at least you still have the ability to sweat. I'm assuming with no skin, I don't know if, <laughs> if you don't have skin, do you still sweat? I mean, that's a valid question. Do you still sweat with there's no skin? So I know you might be hot, but at least you have the ability to sweat is all I'm telling you. Put on a fucking. Now, when I wore my when I had my moped, guys. Oh, what an embarrassing time. I remember when I had my moped, I remember I went on one date um, with this girl and I remember picking her up. And uh, I didn't tell her I had a moped because I was pretty sure if I told her then she'd be like, don't come get me. So I knocked on her door and I had um, two helmets and I know that she thought she was going on a motorcycle. She was fucking, oh. I went from, when I picked her up, when I had two helmets in my hand, I went from the hottest, sexiest motherfucker to, as we were walking down her stairs from her apartment complex, me explaining to her, okay, it's not exactly a mo- motorcycle. It's not, a, it's like a chopper. Not exactly. And we turned the corner and it was my little, beep, beep, moped. Uh, it was a, it was tough for her. And then I, and I, and I had to tell, here's was, was worse too. And I think I've told you guys this, my moped, the muffler was broken. So it sounded like a Harley, but it was a moped. And, uh, I wonder if I can say who this girl is. (sighs) Hmm. Okay. Yeah. This isn't giving it away. So her dad was one of those huge voiceover guys who did the, uh, this summer, coming to a theater near you. He was rough. He was from the wrong side of the tracks. She was perfect. I, I'd be terrible, obviously, at writing those things and saying them. Uh, no wonder I don't have a voiceover agent. But her dad was that guy, and uh, he uh, he had her. He did her answering machine, which was great. Yes, answering machine, motherfuckers. Uh, but she got on. It was hard. Oh, my God. I got to tell you this story. Okay. So this girl, 
she and I went out, and then I'm going to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe. Okay. So we went out and um, on the moped and had some cocktails uh, after we didn't cocktail on mopeds because that would be reckless. But we went out and she had like it took her a while to wear her down to like be like, OK, I'm on a moped. OK. And I and I was very self-deprecating about it. And um, I had no money at the time, which explains the moped. But at least I had enough for two. Yo, by the way, I also fashion wise was a little in between. I couldn't quite figure out. I I believe I had a ponytail at the time. Um, <clears throat> I wore so on my moped. I had ponytails sticking out, or sometimes I just let the hair flow from underneath that helmet. Um, and I wore a leather motorcycle jacket. But I was also wearing a T-shirt, which at the time I tucked into my jeans which were probably a little higher than they needed to be and probably on, if I'm guessing, on the acid wash side of things. Uh, they were definitely light, light, light jeans. Um, jeans uh, but I was jacked at the time. Ooh, fuck. I was definitely jacked. So right now I'd probably go one, especially after losing weight, probably 170. So back then I was probably tipping 180. Five, um, so jacked on a moped with my t-shirt tucked into my jeans and maybe even cowboy boots. Sorry about that, everybody, with my ponytail. So she was, uh, as it was, I was surprised that anybody was talking to me or wanting to, but I picked her up on the moped, double helmet. She was dressed in a little sundress, and I had no money, so I had packed a picnic. And I believe we did a late-night picnic up in Griffith Park, which looking back on it now, I didn't know the city that well of Los Angeles, probably a great place for us to get killed. But we did a late night picnic up there. And, um, you know, it was once we got away from the fact and she wasn't staring at the moped all the time. And, um, and you know, and she got past the fact that I had zero money and then I basically made food and packed it in the moped and, you know, I was doing whatever I could. I think I went a stretch. I went a stretch out here when I first got out here. Shit. I must have gone a stretch of eight months without seeing a boob, for sure, without touching one. It was So I was really full court pressing this. And uh, I couldn't believe she was like, I think, honestly, because she had grown up with so much... And she wasn't taking money from her dad, who, you know, was like the big um, the big voiceover guy at the time. You know, I think she, I don't think it bothered her, to tell you the truth. I think she was OK with whatever it was that I was bringing to the table, which I at the time was not confident enough to uh, to believe that somebody could like me with no money and no job and a ponytail and all that shit. By the way, this trip to LA this is not the beginning of I came out here one time before this time um just to give it a try for a year and see what it was like and all that shit and I lived down I didn't know anything about it I lived I was like oh, I'll live near downtown I lived down there with my cousin Scott and my buddy Neil and we lived downtown basically right near Dodger Stadium which was right near Chinatown not a good choice for us anyways so we go 
and um, we do the picnic, and she's, uh she's i oddly enough i'm like she's actually really cool like she doesn't care and we're laughing and we get back on the moped and we go back to her apartment i believe we had a couple cocktails there and and then uh jacob wolf shirtless um and then um we mess around and it's a saturday and so we had cocktails there and i had spent a little bit of time at uh drinking so i stayed a little later and waited till I sobered up and you know she went to sleep I went to sleep woke I woke up early took off and she went to church and she called me the next day uh and she goes hey and I go what's up she said uh, were you chewing gum last night and I go you know I don't I th- maybe and she go I said why she goes well you know I um I was still kind of drunk this morning when I woke up to go to church with my dad you know because he had come by and gotten her and, um, so, cause we had had cocktails at her house. And so she was like, I still kind of, we started late and I was still kind of drunk when, when, um, when I woke up and I went to church and wasn't feeling so fresh down there. And, uh, went and excused myself during the service and went into the bathroom and she was like, I had gum in my pubes. Well, guys, which means that while I was down there, I was like, let me just, like, when you know when you go to bed and you put your gum on your bedpost? Here, let me put this here for now. I just kind of, maybe I just took it out of my mouth and just put it there for later. I don't know. Or maybe it just came out. But, oh, how embarrassing. We went out again. We went out again. She was a really nice person. I wish I remembered her name. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I don't remember her name. That was so long ago. And I'm glad I don't remember her name because she doesn't want me talking. She probably got kids and a husband and shit she doesn't want me telling her name um but yeah all right guys you you i i i know i need somebody needs to shut me up i talk too much um but i want to let you know that right now i think i've said this interesting time for me i'm so in between I, i feel so good I feel so good doing performing. I really do. But, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, the Chelsea brand is such a, not her brand, but the Chelsea Lately brand. That name is almost, oh, it's almost not a good thing. You know, it was so hot. But you know when something fizzles out, it's almost like not a good thing now. And, um... So constantly trying to reinvent myself and find new people that might like my voice, you know. So if you hear anybody, or you think of anybody who might like what I do, let them know. But interesting time for me because I, I've never felt better on stage, but it's almost like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, in this town. Yeah, no, we know him. Who's new? So it's that's around where I am right now. So that's why I have to constantly try to reinvent what I'm doing and and just find new ways to put myself out there. So I hope you guys like this. Excuse me. I like this solo cast thing probably more than I should, mostly because I can talk and talk and talk. And this way I can just ramble. And and then sometimes I listen back to him. I'm like, what the fuck? Who in the world is listening to that? 
Guys, hug somebody today. Be nice to somebody today. Tell somebody today that you haven't talked to in a long time, that you miss them. Call somebody. Call your parents if you if they're still around. Call your brother. Call your sister. Call your wife. Call your husband. Call your kids. Tell them you love them. Um, let's pass forward some good today. Let's make people feel good. There's enough shit out there. Find a Trump fan. Find a Clinton fan. And tell them, hey, I may not agree with you, but I like you, man. We all live in America, everybody. After November 8th, we're still going to have to all live in America. Don't let these motherfuckers fear you into thinking. And I put that, I know that's not the right word, fear you. But I just changed it, so that's how I'm using it in the English language now. Make you scared to make you believe that you live anywhere but the greatest fucking place on earth. Now, there are some nuts on both sides. I know there's some nuts on the Trump side who have been talking about doing terrible things if Hillary gets elected. And I know there are some people on the Clinton side, a group of people who are like, we're moving to Canada. Yeah, well, then move to Canada. But guys, the rest of us, and believe this, those fringe people are probably 15% of the country. And 15% may seem heavy to me. Not all Trump fans are like that. Not all Clinton fans are like that. Just know that. But outside of that, you're always going to have fringe. The rest of us, 85%, know that we just want to live in a country that is safe. We want to live in a country that is prosperous. We want to live in a country that uh, uh, enables everybody who lives, everybody who is American to have the same rights and opportunities. We want all the, guys, we all want the same thing. Right. Don't let you know if you're a Republican, don't think that Democrats want a terrorist, uh, 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 terrorist activities over here. You know, you make it sound like if people elect Clinton, only Trump, Trump can't keep anyone safe, by the way. Holy shit. Stop it. But and, and don't think uh, Clinton fans that every Trump person, you know, I read an article by this Asian woman. I believe she's from Chinese descent. I think she went to Cornell and it was the most intelligent, well-written, pro-Trump article I had ever read. And I'll tell you something. That was the first one I read where I was like, well, well, then I understand. Well, then I understand because it wasn't, she wasn't spouting any crazy theories. And when I say crazy theories, guys, if you've been investigated for something eight times and it's been come back not guilty eight times, then we got to let it go. We got to let it go. You can't just say that uh, the criminal justice system doesn't work because you didn't get the result you wanted. It is what it is. But this woman's article made sense to me. I'm not, I, I, when I, a very, I wish I could find it for you, but I bet you if you Google Asian American article pro Trump, may, maybe she went to Cornell, maybe she did. It made, at least what she was writing made sense. Where I was like, oh, okay. I don't agree with it, but oh, okay. So just know that not everybody's bananas out there. Reach across the aisle to your friend, your neighbor, and just go, hey, man, I, I know we disagree. And you can fucking disagree wholeheartedly and with fervor and with passion. But no, on November 9th, you guys are still going to be neighbors or you're still going to be family members or you're still going to be friends. And that is something that we can't let this election process, we can't let this election process divide us even more than we already are. It's time for somebody to reach across the aisle, not just uh, up in Washington, 
but in your fucking neighborhood. Okay? In your neighborhood. Now, you know the people who are just name callers. And I will tell you this. Um, there's an article also going around that I read about this dude this, who was grown up um, as a white nationalist. And at eight, he had his own radio show. And um, he went to college. And at college, you know, he went to a Shabbat dinner. And he met some Pakistani and, and um, became friends with this, this um, Orthodox Jew. And it opened his eyes to, to seeing that, he, you know, these other people were not a threat to him in the white race. It's a fascinating article. Check that out, too. Because, guys, the way to get at your enemy, okay, the way to get at your enemy and show them that you're not enemies is to invite them to dinner. Yeah. But the way to keep enemies is to keep calling them fuckheads. The way to keep enemies is to keep telling them how stupid they are. The way to keep enemies is to tell them that they are right and they have no fucking business having any opinion. Invite them to dinner. Show them that you're a person too. Right? And and you should see that they're people too. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have a a, a reason to believe what they believe. But, But get in there. Don't take the easy way out. And I say this to you as someone who has made the mistake a couple times. I catch myself all the time. I'm not putting myself above you guys. I've caught myself many... I posted something on Facebook not too long ago that basically said, I can't fucking... T- if you're on this page, I can't fucking talk to you if you're a Trump fan. And I and I regret saying that. Because I can talk to you. Because we're Americans. And, um, you know, I had a little conversation with this dude, Ben, on Twitter from Des Moines. And he inadvertently made me see... Uh, that, you know what? I don't really know him. He doesn't really know me. But at the end of the day, he wants what he thinks is best for his family. I can't argue with that. Now, I don't, I don't agree with him, but at the heart, at the heart of what he wants, that's what he wants. Now, there are some people that are out there who are just like, I don't like Mexicans, I don't like Muslims, and they're nationalists, and they don't have a global view of where America should be, and I'm not on board for that. I'm not on board for that. But again, there it's what I always said about George Bush, guys. You know, I thought he was a terrible president. But I would never get on board with people who are talking too much shit about him because at the end of the day, I truly believe in his heart of hearts. He uh, Now, he's not the brightest dude in the world, but in his heart of hearts, he wanted what he thought was best for America. I can't argue with that. I didn't agree with it, but he wanted now Rumsfeld and Rove and Cheney. Those were some evil, smart dudes who, you know, puppeteered that motherfucker. But at the end of the day, that guy did what I think he thought was best for America. Can't argue with it. I didn't agree with him, but can't argue with where it came from. And so that's what I would have you guys do. Just remember For a lot of people, where it came from, whatever side you're on, it's coming from what they think is best for them and their family. You can't argue with that. Invite the enemy over. Show them that you're people. And, guys, be good to each other. Come on now. I'm going to try to do one more podcast this week on my birthday. Uh, ComedianJoshWolf.com for dates. Uh, I would love it if you guys... um, I think it's the fairly normal podcast at gmail.com still. What kind of merch would you like to see from me? 
High Walk Update merch. Tell me something good merch. The fairly normal t-shirts I'm going to start giving away at shows because I don't know. if I'm Like I said, terrible businessman. I have a garage full of them. I should probably sell them, but I'm fucking dumb. Um, and the talk show, if you have suggestions. Guys, I just want feedback. I'd love the feedback on the Twitter page at Josh Wolf Comedy, or you can email me. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And I love you. I have so much fun doing this. I hope I can still do the solo casts even when I get my new co-host. My new co-host is psyched to start. I'm psyched to start. I love you guys. Come out to Erie, Pennsylvania. Let's get this special ready. Later, skaters.